she's your lesbian auntie's favorite lesbian auntie, Franny Choi. And you may know them as renowned poet Loose Hole Clifton, Danette Smith. And you're listening to Verses, the podcast where poets confront the ideas that move them. Brought to you by the Poetry Foundation and Post Loudness. Loose Hole Clifton, Franny? Yes, author of Blessing the Butts. Wow. Wow. Okay, I'm going to shake your hand on that one. You Yay! win today. Oh, thank you. Today is yours, my wow. friend. <laughs> Loose Hole Clifton. I might get that tattooed. <laughs> I haven't had a wall in years for those listening. Yeah. yeah. It's an open floor plan. Yeah. <laughs> an open concept. That shit is, no, that shit is like an acre of like land. Just like <laughs> open sky, green fields, just like many niggas looking for the exit. Like how they fell in years ago. You know, I think Jamiroquai is still in there somewhere, oh. just like <laughs> slipping and sliding on the floor. Future. Oh my god, <laughs> stars. Oh my god, how are you doing today? Oh, who knows anymore? Um, <laughs> no, I'm doing good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's nice to be here and kind of get like a slight bit of like a timeout from the rest of my life. Like Oof. this is always like you know a little bit of a break from the flow of things. You yeah, know? yeah. Bitch, really be needing a break. Um, truly, truly, truly. truly I know? mean, it's not really a break because we are working, working but you know. Um, but you know, Saturn's return has been exhausting, mm. and so I find myself wanting a timeout from a lot of shit. Yeah, you know. Yeah. If mm. you could um call timeout on one part of your life, what would it be? Ooh. Email, I think forever, forever, forever hiatus. Yeah, on email. I mean, it maybe, maybe it's that I want a hiatus from email, but I really just need to like take a hiatus from social media. Um, and this has long been like my like old person, like groggy, shaking my fist at the sky thing. Is that in today's age, there are way too many ways to communicate with motherfuckers, right? Yeah, like calls and texts and emails, and then like I like social media because I'm often on the road by myself, and mm-hmm. so it helps me feel like connected to a thing, or mm-hmm. like I can have a conversation. But by the time I've like talked in like all the different ways email is the like one that probably is like the most useful for my career um and like for like being like a responsible adult who mm-hmm. has agreed to do things or like to respond to people yeah. but i have no fucking energy and i, I just don't want to look at gmail like know. you know it's very exhausting but maybe i also just want to break from like i don't know i just want to like go back to like being a teenager not for too long whoa in what way? I don't know. I'm sick of taxes and like responsibility. I mean, oh, okay. you know, I wish when like my biggest concern like, was like what shirt. Of, yeah, I'm sick of a fucking adult, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, as a whole. Um, and I'm sick of my whole too. I don't know. What are you? Sick <laughs> what do you? What, what do you need a break from, Franny? Oh gosh, I don't know. Maybe I want to call a time out on small talk. Ooh, you know, yeah. like. It's fine. It's nice. At this point, I am good at it. You know, like Mm -hmm. I'm good at having like a five minute kind of cute conversation with whatever Mm -hmm. close talking white woman is at the reception. You know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. we can talk. It's fine. But like it would be great if like for just like two weeks, Mm -hmm. anytime I saw like a colleague in the hallway, instead of just doing a, hey, how are you? How are you? How's class? Good. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. How's your office? You know, like instead of that shit, if we, if we, when we passed each other holding our coffee mugs in the hallway, we could just be like, "Do you believe in God?" <laughs> yes. No. 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 Okay. No. Great. Okay. Good. Great. Have a nice yeah. day. Or yeah. just like you wave, I mean? you know, and just like keep it moving. Yeah. Like, or hey. just yeah. And if, if we can, if we can't get to that part of it, then it's nothing. Yeah. That's what I want. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. <laughs> just for like a week. Just for, just a, for a week. week. Just yeah. for a week. Yeah. <laughs> I had like a very like sad answer ready too for this that I just didn't want to say. You know, yeah. I want to break from being alone. Uh, oh, yeah. 
in many ways, you know, like I'm sick of being single, but also like, you know, like I think you know this about me. I am my own worst boss. In my office, nobody does work. Everybody just dicks around. <laughs> you know? And so like the, Ooh, the power dynamics yeah, are fucked up. It's not even a timeout. I think I need like a time in. Like I just need a productivity time. I need a fucking nine to five, quite honestly. You like, keep saying this. I do, I do, I do. And then I'm gonna get one and I'm gonna hate it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean it's nice to have a thing that you can take a break from, which yeah. is hard when you're like freelance your own boss thing yeah i need a break from freelancing that's the exact thing like i need responsibilities and consequences yeah you know that are like real and palpable instead of like slowly like my dream slipping away because i haven't responded to my emails you know well i think also that like being able to take time away from a thing Mm -hmm. like allows us to jump back into it yeah you know and Mm -hmm. like see it for what it is Mm -hmm. and and come back I don't know and jump back into it with intention right Mm -hmm. like that you take a break from it and like either that can be a hard break you realize actually I don't want to return to that Mm -hmm. shit or you realize hey like I can return to this because I want to because I'm still invested in this work that I'm doing or Mm -hmm. whatever it is yeah yeah Mm -hmm. totally and today we get to talk to the incredible poet Beza Ozer um, who talks a lot Mm -hmm. in this interview about taking time away from poetry Mm -hmm. um, to kind of like come back to it with some clearer eyes maybe or also maybe just because it's like hard to be in that space sometimes and Mm -hmm. you need to do other things. Yeah, yeah, amen. Um, Beza Ozer is a queer, trans, Muslim person living in Chicago. Beza's work has appeared in its forthcoming from poetry, anomaly, the offing, and anthology subject to change, trans poetry and conversation out from Sibling Rivalry Press in 2017 and Halal If You Hear Me, Haymarket 2019. Beza is the author of Fail Better from Fog Machine Press. They are the recipient of the Windy City Times 30 Under 30 Award. Beza is manuscript editor of the journal Critical Inquiry and lives with their partner and cat who are both Leos. Me too. Um, Let's not waste any more time. Let's get into this interview with Beza who's going to start us off with a poem. My mother offers to pay for my therapy appointments. My mother offers to pay for my therapy appointments. We share obsessive sanitation. We were both born translators of pain and English. She called me very early in the morning when my grandfather died. I thought I was in a dream even though I hadn't been dreaming for weeks. When I started to cry, she stopped to comfort me. She told me she had a dream the night before. My grandfather was trying to tell her something, but she couldn't understand it. Months later, I call her crying because I can't afford therapy anymore. My mother offers to pay for my therapy appointments. My mother's birthday is the first day of spring. I don't tell her this enough, but she is the reason spring comes. I don't know why I'm waiting to tell her this. I don't know what's holding me back. When she asks me why I tattooed a small pigeon on my inner arm, I say it's how I feel closer to God. I want to say that after too many hospitals and an army of orange pill bottles, dismantling summer finally made sense, and how could I not pull together the parts of me that needed another disaster or a way out like a paper lantern in the dark sky? When my mother called me to tell me my grandfather died, I took a photo of his old glasses I've kept since 2007 after my plane almost crashed into the Atlantic and asked a man covered in ink and body hair to draw the frames on my inner arm. My mother doesn't ask me why. She doesn't look at my arm unless the sun is winding down and it's safe to feel something enough to cry. My mother offers to pay for my therapy appointments. She knows what it means to not sleep, not dream. 
I don't know what holds me back from telling my mother that she is the reason spring comes. Instead, we sit quietly at dinners. We are just happy enough to have the same blood as someone else. Beza, thank you so much for being here with us today and for reading us that gorgeous poem to start oh, Thank off. you so much for having oh, me. Yeah. Duke and Earl of the Tender Love Poem. Mm-hmm, <laughs> truly. That's my brand. <laughs> um, Beza, what is moving you lately? Recently, I have been very moved by the idea of it's okay for me to be femme. Um, mm. And I've had a lot of trouble with that Mm. i have reconnected my love of pop music um and i think that that's been allowing me to live a very genuine life a very queer genuine femme life Mm. um especially as uh someone who grew up as non-binary and i always thought that i had to do the exact opposite and those were pressures that i put on myself and i've just learned but i've been really moved by the idea that I can do it all. Mm. Um, And I think that pop music has kind of been that opening gateway for me. Um, Is there something about pop music that feels particularly femme for you? Yeah, all of it. I I think, yeah, I was always afraid to dance. I grew up in a very strict Muslim Turkish household. Mm. So the only dancing I could really do was like folk dancing, which Mm. is super embarrassing. And no one really knows that. But now I guess everyone listening to this does. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Why is that embarrassing? Oh, I was horrible. (laughs) Um, And, like, you had to, like, wear traditional, like, costumes. It was very, like... And I always had a very hard time with my body growing up. Mm. That kind of movement was always very hard for me, very, like, difficult to navigate. Like, Mm. this part of my body is moving. I wish it wasn't. Like, I'd feel like it doesn't look good. That was just, like, all in my head, obviously. But it it was put there for a reason, I think. Um, So, like, dancing and, like, feeling empowered by artists like Charlie XCX, um, who I'm like currently very obsessed with, Mm -hmm. um, and being able to let loose in that way in a Mm -hmm. way I've never really been able to is really uh, empowering for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it has also allowed me to look at community in a very different way. Up until a couple years ago, probably like two or so years ago, I strictly only listened to very like male-centric emo, pop-punk, hardcore Mm -hmm. music. Mm which I still have, like, a very special place for, but I would only go to, like, those kinds of shows where there are only men Mm. in the room. While I thought I was having a great time, I realized it was definitely a form of, like, self-hatred and, like, not wanting to seem weak to the men I was around and, like, trying to impress and be like, I am like you. I am capable of being in this space and being tough. And, like, I think that was a big part of my thinking when I was trying to come to terms with um, my new identity as like a non-binary person. I've always wanted to be super masculine and like Mm -hmm. rejected a lot of forms of femininity that were like put upon me by my family. Mm -hmm. And then when I came out as trans right before college started, I thought that the community that I was in was like where I was meant to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't until I was old enough to like go to queer bars and um, experience that kind of community and mm-hmm. that part of myself that felt valid and seen where I was comfortable enough to be like, I love being feminine. I love pop music. I love wearing earrings. <laughs> I love um, 
that side of myself. And I love being around people who allow me to be my full queer trans self. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like I thought I was getting that in a different way when I was stuck in this bubble of what it meant to be mask or like what it meant to be surrounded by straight men and like feel like I have some sort of community where I really didn't. Mm -hmm. I think I was just very caught up in the idea of trying to be something that I'm not because I didn't want to express my true identity Mm -hmm. because I just wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. But now I've definitely been able to. And Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent there. I'm still very insecure about that um, side of myself. And I don't, About the feminine side? About the feminine side because I have this internal fear of, like, not being trans enough, Mm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that comes a lot from heteronormative society, Mm -hmm. but also from other trans people. Um, For sure. Specifically, like, binary trans people. Mm -hmm. I've gotten that a ton, like, that non-binary doesn't exist. And, like, I'm not valid. And I think that that's always been something that I've been so scared of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of non-binary folks, we end up still bending towards binary trans totally. modes of performance then, right? You know, so it's just, like, how do I queer my body mm. in a non-binary way towards whatever the opposite of, like, my side gender was, you know? Yeah. yeah so and hard. and I'm just now being like, fuck that. Like, yeah. that doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> um, and you can do whatever makes you comfortable and you should do whatever makes you happy. And Mm -hmm. I think weirdly enough, pop music has been like my saving grace. (laughs) Mm. So, yeah. That's beautiful for pop because I wonder, you know, also being non-binary and shit, you know, we kind of have to like meet that spectrum of mass to femme Mm. again on our own, right? Mm -hmm. Like I feel the last couple of years, I think I've too been like sort of getting in touch with my femininity, which like I like, shunned away mm. for such a long Same. time right like Same. um as like a little like i was a femme ass little kid and then like i was like reaching the age that i was like oh shit this okay this is bad okay mm. tight mm. tight i like football now as a protective measure right totally. um mm-hmm. i think it was in when i was in grad school when i started exploring more ways of like okay what does femininity look like on my face on my body and clothing and makeup and stuff like that mm-hmm. but that made me still so nervous about like even like today when like i have on like boy drag you know mm. like you know i still know who i am on the inside but like I know what the fuck I look like right Mm -hmm. now and it's so like I love charging towards femininity but what does that do when I do have these more masculine like sort of what I call like tomboy drag (laughs) but I'm just like you know what does it mean when I look like who I'm not supposed to be or who I I said I wasn't you know well yeah I mean there's like a kind of precarity of transness Mm -hmm. right like the existence of trans people seems to just like be perennially like up for debate Mm -hmm. like right Mm -hmm. and so like there's so much impetus to prove that trans people like exist Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you know and so then like any like losing of the ground feels like or any any like letting go of of like that expression feels like Mm -hmm. losing I think and that has been even more pressing now because of the hyper visibility that trans people are having right now Mm -hmm. like in America specifically so I think that need to conform to like what cis people are like just now thinking that they know what a trans person is so like having to first of all come out to yourself and be like okay this is who I am but then having these periods where you have to look at what society is defining as a trans person and being like okay so maybe I should like do this or like look like this or act like this and that's a lot of pressure to put specifically on young people. Mm. There wasn't a ton of trans media when I was younger, mm-hmm. but if there was something like what I'm seeing now, I would be 
horrified. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are definitely good examples, and not, maybe not even good. That's the wrong word. But there are real and valid examples of transness. Um, specifically, my partner and I have just watched this show called Are You the One? I don't know if either of you are familiar. Yeah, I'm a little familiar with that. I need oh, to dive girl. more in, but I've seen the episodes I've seen, I'm oh, obsessed with. <laughs> obsession. It's just like the worst possible MTV show you could probably ever watch. But there's this character. It's a strong sell. Oh, yeah. Please watch it. Um, but there's this, I feel weird saying character, but there's this person who's on it. It's a reality show. Um, this person, and their name is Kai. And they're like one of the first non-binary trans people I've seen on TV, on a reality TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk a lot about in the house, basically the whole premise is like, your perfect match is in this house and you have to figure out who it is. And you oh, win a bunch of money. Right, right, right. I've heard of this. Yeah. yeah. And this is the first season where it's been like an all queer cast. So anyone could like fall for anyone is like the big tagline. They're all kind of like pan, right? They're yes, sort of like exactly. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And this person, Kai, talks about like how this time in this house is the first time they felt attractive as a trans person. Mm-hmm. And they talk about that a lot throughout the entire show. Um, and I think being able to see that on MTV, like on national television, is right. something that I felt very emotional about. And mm-hmm. it was very like validating because it wasn't a perfect example of what a trans person is because that doesn't exist because right. we are humans. Yeah. Um, but like hey. being able to see this trans person be themselves, be messy, like mm. mess. I mean, everyone on the show is messy, but like, it's just like, it's very validating and it's important for like young people to see this and be like, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. I can be this and I don't have to be perfect. Yeah. We know that you write a lot of queer love poems, that this yes. is kind of partly your bag, perhaps. <laughs> totally um, my bag. Is, um, is watching Are You The One inspiring any new queer love poems? Oh, God. Or making you think um, about queer love poems differently? I'm always thinking about queer love poems because I love my partner more than anything I've ever loved. Oh, um, I love reading about you loving your yeah, partner. Too. <laughs> uh, with my ugly Twitter account or, like, my ugly poems? Uh, <laughs> All of it. B- both. Yeah. Both. But, like, I feel All like... Both. But I, I was, you know... What do you mean uh, ugly poems? What do you mean ugly Twitter ugly, account? Ugly meaning embarrassing sometimes. Oh. <laughs> like, very, like, I am hyper aware that I am super gushy. Mm. Um, but honestly, I have written like 10 poems this year. Like I have not written this year. Mm. I think I've been wanting so deeply to like write more love poems. Mm. This is the first real relationship I've been in where I just want to like focus on the person I'm with instead mm. of like creating the moments that need to go into a poem. Because I, I feel like I've always mm. wanted to create moments within a relationship or a friendship or whatever that I could write about. And what I do you think mean by create the moments. Like when like they actually manufacture things to yeah, happen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like wow. I've always felt pressure to like if there was like a sweet moment between myself and like a partner or a friend, I always wanted to be like, oh, I should write this down and like document it and I make see. sure that I write it and make a poem out of it mm-hmm. or like or make something out of some some kind of art out of it. And I just don't feel the need to do that with my partner Mm. now. I think because I'm actually, like, living a very healthy life, I feel like I don't have to write it down to remember it. 
You know what I mean? Like mm. I, I Why feel is like that a healthy. Like, what's the connection to health? Yeah, I, I think because I just put so much pressure on myself about writing love poems, mm-hmm. um, and I think that now the poems just come naturally. Like I don't mm-hmm. have to just sit and be like, okay, I have to write this amount of poems today, and this amount should be about love. I think I really pushed myself very hard to do that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I put the pressure on myself to write two chapbooks, write a book, all within like two years. Mm. And that was just not good for me. (laughs) And my book came out in 2017, very early 2017. Since then, I just, I've been taking the time for myself just to not put pressure on the poems to be made, but just to be my own person and Mm. be a poet in a way that's healthy for me Mm. and healthy for my relationship. There's no balance that can be had because Mm -hmm. now I feel like I'm not writing poems that I can really be proud of and, like, share with people because I don't have that kind of need to do it right now. Mm. I don't have that urge that I've always had, especially when I was in school. You don't have workshops. You don't have Mm -hmm. uh, assignments to sit down and look at and be like, okay, what can I write about this week? Which is super helpful but was also very hard for me to do. I think now I'm just trying to figure it out on my own Mm -hmm. and trying to be a poet outside of school and like really sit with my emotions in a way that I haven't been able to do before, especially like I've been in therapy for like two years Mm -hmm. and I never thought that I was ever going to be able to be in therapy, not being able to be open and honest about like, I need help. Like Mm -hmm. I need to talk about this with someone who understands me. And now that I've been able to do that, and my therapist is so great. Shout out to my therapist, Alex Jenny. She's a great drag queen in Chicago. Um, Whoa, and <laughs> drag queen therapist. Oh, hell yeah. She's oh the best. Gosh, She's the amazing. best. amazing. And I think her and I um, try very hard to incorporate poetry into therapy. Whoa. Um, the have, writing of it? Or? The writing of it, hmm. the movement of it. And I think trying to get myself back into a healthy place of writing poems. Mm-hmm. But it takes work, for yeah. sure. But it sounds like... Sometimes, yeah, the poems come slower, but Mm -hmm. it sounds like, you know, what I heard was that you're allowing your relationship to really live as your relationship and be that instead of acting as some sort of prompt for the work, right? Uh, You know, and I think that's a thing that I've struggled with as a poet, right? Like, even in my own traumas, like, the Mm -hmm. fact that, like, something bad happens and I'm like, okay, but I'll get to write about it. Um, Or I catch myself in those good moments or the bad moments, too, like, sort of, like, coming up with the first line of the poem and I'm just like, Dinesh, you gotta be able to, like, live in this moment and not immediately, you know, make an artifact of your living, you know? You gotta just be, Mm -hmm. be the bitch sometimes yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I just want to be the bitch I'm yeah. like, not, like, like i just want that's yeah. all i want yeah, yeah. as mm-hmm. I, I was listening to a podcast the happiness lab is what the podcast oh, is heard, called yeah. what yeah. i want to go there it was it, yeah <laughs> what are they giving what, what they do? well it was an episode about how much people remember and how much they enjoy of like a museum experience mm-hmm. um if they are allowed to take photos and also if they're allowed to take photos for themselves versus photos to share on social media. Mm-hmm. And so what they discovered was that people would remember more like visual elements if they took photos mm-hmm. of, the, of the thing. Mm-hmm. That was like a, an aid to memory. Um, but remember less of like other senses, like cool. Um, but then also if they were able to take photos, then their enjoyment was actually 
higher because mm-hmm. they, you're like able to look at things differently. You're like looking with like a closer eye, blah, mm-hmm. blah, right? But if it was taking photos in order to share with other people, then their enjoyment of the experience was worse. Mm. Mm. Because it was, if you're like trying to capture things so that you can remember them and enjoy them and look at them more closely, sure. But if you're trying to just like use it in order to impress other people, mm. then like, then that's that pressure. changes it. Yeah. 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 There seem to be like parallels on like how we yeah. situate ourselves mm-hmm. and like be present in moments yeah. like for, for art. Yeah, you well, know? you can totally compare that to poems and that, like, am I writing this poem for myself or to get published? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, totally. And I definitely was in that place for a super long time, especially as a young poet. I feel like— To get published? That, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. that pressure was just, like, always on. So it's, like, at what point is it where you're writing the poem for yourself or you're writing it for other people? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Have you been writing, then, more for yourself lately? No. (laughs) Yes and no. Mm -hmm. I think I've been focusing more on, I think, just taking the time to, like, look at different art that I really appreciate and enjoy Mm -hmm. um, other than poetry and, like, finding some sort of poetry in it because I Mm -hmm. can't escape it, obviously. But, like, watching uh, a TV show or, like, listening to music, those things have been really instrumental in allowing me to make the space for poetry again. Hmm. I haven't been writing the poems, but I've been thinking about writing the poems, which hmm. was really hard spot to get to. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm uh, like 77% there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> towards towards being able to, to write, write the, the poems, poems again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Full transparency, I'm asking this sort of as like a partner in waiting for your work because I very much feel like um, what do you mean partner in waiting for your work? Well, I also feel like I have had... Are you going to marry business? I've work? had like a lot of cool. this... Year, you, I mean, you know this. Like a lot of this year has been... Like I finished a book, right? Like in January. And I really feel mm. like I've written the least I've ever written in my life this mm. year. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, I've had I like see. a couple of essays or like poems that have kind of popped up sporadically either because of like somebody asking me to do it or the poems are really like really sporadic because mm. it's just me and like... It feels like maybe like once every two months a poem hits me and I'm just like, oh, and then like I write a draft and I don't really know what to do with it and just sits there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like I'm like, you know, I told myself I was going to write this memoir and then full disclosure, I had a fucking breakdown um, a couple weeks ago just because like I started writing it and I was just like, I am not ready mm-hmm. <laughs> for this shit at all fucking all. Yeah. Um, and so I guess I wonder like, what does it feel like to like have poems that you know are waiting for you um, <laughs> if you don't mind telling us what it, what do those poems feel like they're about uh, yeah. um, and I guess how and maybe this is like asking you to scoop over some of your therapy towards me um, <laughs> but like you know what are what do you um, do with that feeling of knowing that there is impending work that you currently kind of can't access <laughs> oh god right because you talked about sort yeah. of like knowing that there are poems yeah. that you need to write that have been hard to yeah. get into mm-hmm. well it's just yeah. like anxiety all the time right yeah. like it's mm-hmm. just for sure full. for sure <laughs> i mean even like when Can you relate. yeah even when you are in that space where you feel comfortable writing the poems mm-hmm. you still have anxiety about it yeah. cuz then you're like is this poem good mm-hmm. yeah. um am i writing it in a way that portrays me in a good light mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't want to look like an asshole in my own poems mm-hmm. um but that's just like human nature yeah. mm-hmm. um i try my hardest to like not rush into something that I know I might regret later, if Mm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I am working on a manuscript right now, deals a lot with family and grief. Mm. I think because I'm still in that grief, that's been a big reason why the poems don't come. Mm. Part of me is still trying to deal with 
that fact of myself and like my family and um, the year I've had really. Mm. I lost my grandfather in November of last year um, and then my partner's mom in January. So it's been like a year mm. of grief and loss. I've never lost someone close to me in my mm. family before. So I've been thinking a lot and writing a lot about or wanting to write a lot about that specifically, but because mm-hmm. it's so new and so fresh, mm-hmm. it's just not coming, Yeah, which I'm trying not to be hard on myself about. Mm-hmm. But when when I do have those moments, like you said, every like two months where you're like, oh, a poem is here. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a baby or something. <laughs> um, the, the poems the do. The surprise ones though. Yeah, right? the like surprise. Like one show like, I didn't know I was pregnant. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Immaculate Conception. Um, but it's just like... Sometimes that happens and then I it makes me feel good about myself because mm. I'm like, oh, I can still do this. Mm-hmm. It's possible. It's just doesn't have to be the way it was before. Mm. Um, so that's kind of I hope that makes sense. That does. And that makes <laughs> me feel better. So. Good. I'm glad because it's just I think I feel like poets and I might just be saying this because I'm a poet and I love poets. But I feel like we are the people who put the most pressure on ourselves mm. um, out of a lot of artists because Poetry is often invalidated in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, um, but that might just be me. No, I think you're right. I think yeah. I think poets are very sensitive because we feel like we've had to like argue that poetry matters right. and that it's okay to be a poet. Yeah, <laughs> so. and I think a lot of people misinterpret that as like poetry is very self-deprecating and like only you know sad people write poems. But I think Wait, I agree with that. Second I ag- I do agree with it, <laughs> but I think that that's like a stereotype where. There are many other reasons yeah. why mm-hmm. we do this and mm-hmm. why you interpret We write poems because we're happy, too. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, love poems mm-hmm. not, are not always happy, but come out of some form of emotion. Mm-hmm. And if I can have an emotion that's, like, controlled and healthy, then I'm happy. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. If you can write a poem once, you can write a poem whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It, that'll that's always inside of you even mm-hmm. if it's like a bad poem mm-hmm. like who cares mm-hmm. and there's no such thing as a bad poem so yeah I also think that like grief <laughs> I heard that well I do think I only say I think there are bad poems because I feel like for like the newest book that's about to come out that I did have a long period of writing what I call oh, bad poems right. for you know just writers by but it, I did have to let it go I was like yeah. you know what I'm writing bad poems right totally. now we're just gonna write bad poems until right. they turn good again right yeah <laughs> totally. Exactly. totally I mean a bad poem is what a first draft yeah so right yeah. 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 yeah or like it's like a bad pancake like yeah you're still gonna eat it yeah, or, or like you'll eat a little bit of it and be like okay like I'll yeah, try, like try it again yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah like turkey bacon yeah turkey bacon. it's not what I want but it's what I got <laughs> <laughs> but it'll do, it'll do. sandwich between some other things it's breakfast <laughs> true um, and then like there's like good poems which are like you know pork bacon but then there's like the exquisite poems which are duck bacon Ooh, duck bacon, duck bacon. Yeah. oh have you Truly. have you never discussed? I've never well yeah. I grew up Muslim so I never ate bacon oh, so I like let don't me, even know oh, what it oh my, por- my porkless sibling let me introduce you <laughs> Listen, duck bacon duck bacon yeah. was introduced I've to me by had... a Muslim yes. Fatima Oscar uh-huh. Shout out. Work. Okay, um, I have to check that out. I think they sell that it works, at Trader I'll Joe's. Do it. Yeah. Ooh, Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm there every day, so mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> we'll make it work. It's the bomb. I Trust. did it one time. So embarrassing, but I did have chocolate covered bacon. It's the <gasps> only time I've ever had bacon in my life. Mm-hmm. It was like I think we were in like Wisconsin, some That's a place, place where it. you yeah. would have chocolate covered bacon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I cannot tell you how much I wish I didn't do that. 
It was the worst thing I've ever had in my life. Yeah. It wasn't good? No. No. Oh. That doesn't sound good. And I, I mean, will as never... much as I like salty sweet, salty sweet meat doesn't sound. No. Yeah. And I will never I have bacon again. Oh. I mean, it does sound kind of good. <laughs> no. You can, no. Anyone? You can anyone? You try it and tell me because maybe I just am not meant to have bacon. Also, did you get sick? Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, bake, I think pork is kind of <laughs> okay, evil. Totally. So, like, so, like, you know, like, if, in case I've never said that on the podcast before, I identify as a half Muslim because my father is. Pork, yeah. I've come from a very pork eating family yeah. when I'm not with my dad. And every summer I'd come back and, like, then I'd have bacon for the oh, first time. I'd be like, oh, God. this is so good. Also, I'm going to die. Yeah. Also, like, take me to the hospital. Yeah, please take me to the hospital. I haven't yeah. had pork for three months and my oh. body is better now. <laughs> they gave me chills. Oh. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Katya. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm wow. down. Great. Oh my yes. god, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I think you, you, you. Um, so we do. I think we said uh, we do pre-interviews on the show. And you mentioned Katya as kind of like a like an icon for you, yeah. idol of, icon. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you maybe want to explain to folks who might not be familiar with Katya's Ovra who she is? I don't know if anyone can do that, but <laughs> I can try. <laughs> um, Katya's basically she was on season seven of Drag Race mm-hmm. and then season the two saving of, grace of season right, seven. Right, so saving grace light. of season yeah. seven and on All Stars two, who mm-hmm. also saving grace of All Stars two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't even know what else to say. <laughs> um, she's just the most out of this world drag queen you'll probably ever see, <laughs> hear, mm-hmm. experience. And I also have a huge crush on her. Yeah, I think sure. I think just like her brand of wild tattoo, like frenzied insanity is mm-hmm. like, I just relate to it very deeply. But mm-hmm. also like nerdy and self-deprecating. So nerdy, so self-deprecating. Which is like self-deprecation is not necessarily a no. quality that you find in a lot of no. drag queens. And I, <laughs> no, and I try very hard to like look at self-deprecation because I always, like if I'm feeling a type of way, I'm making a joke about it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why I relate to her very heavily. I was able to meet her in August <gasps> and I was never the same. Um, like we took a picture and she like sat on my back. <gasps> And I, like, felt her warmth. <laughs> I was like... Wait, what do you mean she sat on your back? Long story. Basically, I was like, can you step on me? And she did. She stepped on me. Wow. Um, and then she sat on me. Whoa. Wow. And we what took a, a picture. What a beautiful thing to say, it was can like, you step on me? Yeah. Oh, I needed it to happen. And then she was... She Get laughed. A hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, literally. I was like... I literally was like, I have to, like, go to the bathroom. Like, I'm not okay. I have to wash my face. Like, I brought up... Uh, She's obsessed with this movie, Contact. Um, so obsessed with Contact. He's obsessed with Contact. And it was a book written by Carl Sagan, who I'm, I can't even get into it, but I'm also obsessed with Carl Sagan. But basically, I brought a copy of the DVD for her to sign, oh and she God. signed it, and it's hanging in my home. Wow, um, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'll send oh, you pictures. Man. But she, like, signed it for me, and she, like, laughed a little bit, and I just, like, couldn't speak. The only thing I could say to her was, I love you, can you step on me? And she did. Um, and we had a really great time. Wow. 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 You know what I'm realizing or remembering is that our she's the they're the thing is like kind of a rip off of the uh, Trixie and Katya not a rip off oh, thing. I it's really, an homage. It's an homage. Yeah, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I was going to ask you about that. And I'm so glad that you do it. Yeah. It makes me so happy. Because there's no all right now. There is all. It's back. Oh, is it back right now? It's back. Really? Maybe not currently, but they've been posting episodes for the last couple months. Oh. I think well, I know they have a book coming out, and I'm scared of that. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I'm also kind of because Trixie, I have very complicated feelings about. Sure, 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 sure. Same, same, same. Uh, is for those who don't know, it's the YouTube show that Katya mm-hmm. does with the other drag queen named Trixie, Trixie Mattel, mm-hmm. who won 
All Star Three, Star three. Mm-hmm. who was also on season who seven shouldn't have won All Star. Should three. not have. No, no. Shout Love her, but shout out to Shangela. Shangela oh. should have won. Ben de la Creme should have never self eliminated, and Ben de la Creme. Well, Ben de la Creme would have won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it should have been Ben de la Creme versus Shangela in the final. Hundred percent agree. You know, Trixie should have been a Trixie. very, a very lovely second alternate. I'm sure Trixie is listening to this. So. I don't care. <laughs> I wow. said it, Trixie. I still like you sometimes, but girl, you know what happened. True. Wow. <laughs> you know what you did. Trixie, you know what happened. Let us know if you want to hang out, though. Yes. You know? Yeah, totally want to hang out. You <laughs> totally. Know. Like, I would have you step on me, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. For sure, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, just yeah. have to. Yeah, yeah. Well, Katya also has a podcast called Whimsically Volatile. I don't know if I listen to it. Wait, really? It's so good. It's really you should great. have her on. She hosts to talk it with this really deep voiced man named Craig. Craig, who has a very sultry, deep voice. Who's. I want, I want Craig just, just dude, speaking to my dude. soul, like in my butthole. Um, yeah. Just a straight dude. Like, he's yeah, straight. straight. Wow. I know. He's very kinky though. Very. Yeah. Okay. Likes pee. Yeah, he does like pee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. It's complicated. I don't know if I let a straight dude pee on me if I was the object of a straight man's desire. That seems no. weird. Yeah, seems. I don't want historically. To structurally yeah. not fun. It's the thing, same thing. I like Physically. I like getting spanked, but I can't let white men spank me. Totally. Yeah. No. Nah. Totally. Too close. Yeah. Uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh wait, wait anyway, uh, so what so- <laughs> <laughs> where are we? <laughs> I lo- this is my favorite podcast about poems and Denez's ass. <laughs> You know, it comes up a fair amount. Because there are so many, but this is my favorite one. It, it has contained <laughs> multitudes. Um, Your ass? My ass. <laughs> and my poems. Ass. Yeah. And the poem, yeah. Wait, but so we were talking about Katya yes. as yes. sort of like go. influence and like uh, yes. artistic yes. star to run toward for you. Yeah, well, actually, one of the 10 poems I've written this year was inspired by Katya and her tattoos. Mm. Um, and she's so open about her mental health where, where mm-hmm. it's just very... And her addiction. And her addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very... Inspiring is a gross word, I think, to use, but it like has opened my eyes to like how it's okay to talk about things that might make other people uncomfortable mm-hmm. but in a way that she's just so charming yeah and I like just aspire <laughs> to be and like something like that mm-hmm. um, but I wrote a poem the title is a quote by Katya that it goes something like tattoos make me feel like it's okay to have a body <laughs> it's I just butchered it, but it's something no, like that's that. That's fine. We were, I was just talking about that same thing um, yeah. with uh, Brittany Capri, a yeah. former Reverses guest, talking yeah. about how like tattoos, like for totally. a lot of folks, for myself too, like made me comfortable. 100%. Um, yeah. yeah, with like having a body, with having a body that looked the way it looks. You know, it made me feel pretty, for, I think, for the first time. 100%. And yeah. I, yeah, I say the same thing in that poem. Tattoos make me feel pretty. She has tons of tattoos, specifically on her arms. And she talks about how she got all of them right after she went through this huge breakdown after mm-hmm. her addiction and how she just like kind of manically got covered in tattoos like just to like feel something mm-hmm. <laughs> um and i don't think i'm at that kind of extreme level but i definitely have always been fascinated by tattoos mm-hmm. and have always wanted a ton of tattoos and mm-hmm. i think they do make me feel really attractive mm-hmm. and beautiful and i love having art on my body when i can't put it on a page if that makes sense mm-hmm. my most recent tattoo is a uh, word mashallah which means mm-hmm. like if god wills it it's in my grandmother's handwriting and that was like mm-hmm. a very vital part of like having the word and my grandmother's handwriting on my body is something that i i don't know why it makes me so happy but it makes me so happy mm-hmm. yeah. oh see? yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> shout oh, out wow. shout out to my grandma yeah. <laughs> yeah totally do y'all read there was a poem about Katya in 
poetry in that. I know. There was. It was really weird. It was like really it was weird. So weird. I loved it. I forget Who's, who it's by. We should, um, we should look it up. So that we yeah, but when I saw that, I screamed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, I can't believe poetry publishes. It's so awesome. It's by Chrissy Williams, and it's just called exclamation mark Katya exclamation mark. <laughs> I literally, I, I screenshotted the poem, and I tweeted it at Katya and I was like please look at this oh, yeah, I don't I think that. she did yeah <laughs> but I I hope she has somehow seen it I wonder we should get a campaign going when this episode comes yes. out to get Katya to yeah just tag her a million times she responds to a lot of stuff oh wow. mm-hmm. I mean I wonder if she realizes that lots of poets are yeah. into her <laughs> I I mean I feel like because of like her humility and her ability to be so open and emotional Mm -hmm. and or a lack of emotion just to be open is something I think a lot of poets appreciate yeah that makes sense yeah Yeah. for sure and I know I felt free about you know one of the most inspiring things that Katya ever did beyond like just being a fabulous queen who like she's definitely like she's like a great queen she's a great queen she's like top three maybe number one for me too like as like if I was like queens that have passed through drag race Mm -hmm. but when she took a break from doing the Trixie Katya show from mm-hmm. touring like when she was just like hey my mental health is in a space where like I need to yeah. like stop being an artist for a little bit and me. go take care Literally of the person me. yeah <laughs> <laughs> need to be like me yeah, yeah. like yeah. you know I need to stop being Katya and like go take care of Brian yes um, for yeah. a little bit like I was so fucking inspired yeah. like, to be like yeah. oh shit I don't have to be a little production machine yeah. I don't have to do all this that's like, it's okay exactly, for me to step away exactly. and just like nurture yeah. you exactly know? <laughs> and I think that's why I relate to her so much as a poet and also, like, a queer person mm-hmm. and, like, someone who – and, like, you know, she's talked a lot about how she's gender, you know, nonconforming and very, like, open oh, really? about – Yeah, oh, she's – I mean, she talks a lot about, like, being a bald-headed man, mm-hmm. but, like, in a way that is very trans to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I – yeah, I just really appreciate her, like, openness um, and her ability to be a – poet but she's not actually a poet Mm -hmm. so but she's also very comfortable as Katya which maybe Mm. is like what poets do kind of are we all kind of like doing drag I think about confessional work in that type of way so it's like it's Denez but with like you know an outfit on yes yes (laughs) you know yeah Uh, with like heels and like you know maybe a wig and like now we're like you know kind of amplifying poetry is a kind of drag oh yeah it's like the eye is like dressed up Mm -hmm. in like yeah. yeah, and like the, you want to make it. Look, you want to make the poem yeah. look pretty, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you want the poem to hit all the marks. Mm-hmm. You want it to, you know, be famous. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Wow, we're all in drag as the speaker. <laughs> <of our poems. laughs> yes. Amazing! Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so now it's time for uh, my favorite part of the show, which is... Your favorite? Well, I was just saying that for the intro. Got it. But it's not necessarily really (laughs) true. No, I mean, I like it. It's it's a good part. Yeah, I don't know if I would say okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. Now it's time for everyone's favorite part (laughs) of the show, which is a little game we like to call This versus That, where we pit two things against each other, and you have to tell us which would win in a fight. For this one, we are going to put in this corner... Legendary drag queen Katya, mm. and in that corner, legendary astrophysicist <laughs> Carl Sagan. <laughs> Who would win a fight, Katya or Carl Sagan? I don't even know where to begin with this because <laughs> I want to believe 
that Katya is in shape for doing drag, but yeah. I, I know she smokes a lot. <laughs> and I know she talks a lot about not being in shape. Mm-hmm. But Carl Sagan is dead. So right. that's like a whole other like <laughs> thing. But if he was alive, I feel like he's uh I get like pacifist vibes from him just from watching Cosmos. For like sure. I get very like calming, like dad vibes and yeah. I don't know if he would throw the first punch sure I think Katya would get I, scrappy I think in, Trixie in started the fight let's just Trixie speak. started the fight Trixie verbally yeah. yeah said something right. fucked up and yeah. then Katya like, made it weird uh, yes exactly and, yeah mm-hmm. push it over into- for sure but I do feel like Katya would respect Carl Sagan too much because of contact <laughs> that's very real wow maybe then should it be a fight between Trixie Mattel and Neil deGrasse Tyson Oof. cause yes you know <laughs> Do I mean, they have he, beef. <laughs> well, no, but I'm I just mean, trying to think about the more oh, brawlic yeah. counterparts. Well, Neil deGrasse Tyson person. is questionable with his politics. Yeah, so sure. I would just, sure. But like, also, so is Trixie. Yeah. For sure. so I'm just wow. Like, they can fight each other. I don't really give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, they can do whatever they want. I think Trixie would just kind of be reprehensive because of the makeup and the hair. But I feel like Neil deGrasse Tyson might not do very well for some reason yeah. I don't know he's just yeah. like well if the like velocity of this punch is gonna do you know whatever some <laughs> yeah. dumb science shit yeah. then Little Grass Tyson definitely doesn't have hands y- at all yes no. and I yeah. feel like Trixie just doesn't have the time for that like she's like a businesswoman mm-hmm. so like she just has stuff to do so she would yeah, I think she would win okay Okay. so in the fight so, between Katya and Carl Sagan Trixie, Trixie would wins <laughs> But like you know, like, like now, like Carl and Katya are just like outside having a smoke, uh, yeah, talking I, about. Yeah, really, like, I think <laughs> they would like just have a cigarette and like look at this guy. Oh, that's really nice. This yeah. is my favorite. This versus that ever. <laughs> <laughs> it ends in peace and cigarettes. Exactly. And <laughs> um, Beza, thank you so much for spending thank this you. time with thank us. You for me. Oh man, this has been so great. Will you do us the honor of closing us out with one more poem? I will, of course. Hey. Um, this is aptly titled, I think this is the last love poem. Nay, yeah. I say. <laughs> um, when Arabella laughs, it feels like Allah's prayer in my heart. I look at her in light that took many years to get here, and maybe that fixes all the bad, all the things that keep us awake at night. Or maybe it reminds me of the future, which always keeps me awake at night. I hope I'm making sense, but look, maybe this isn't actually the last love poem. Maybe this is just the first, and all the rest were letters I was too scared to call letters. And now is the right time to tell her about when I dreamed we were superheroes, except we called each other super homos and she had a purple cape that matched her suit. We made the world safer for queers and punched transphobes in the throat. And Arabella, what I'm trying to say is, would you like to stop hating the world with me? I'm so grateful we got to talk to one of my favorite love poets of all time. Wow. What an accolade to give. I think so. You know, I I, I have found myself whelmed in many a Bay's love poem. Mm. Um, The two today, no different. Yeah. Also, there's something about like a queer love poem that Mm -hmm. is like particularly lovely and precious. And like a mom love poem, right? That like love poems don't have to be, you know, maybe this is me as like a perpetually single ass bitch, but like they don't always have to be about like 
great romantic love. Mm. They just have to be about whole. It's just a container for any type of love mm-hmm. that you can have for somebody. Yeah. You know? yeah. Do you write love poems? Yeah, I, I think I do. Yeah. Um, I think my love poems are often for communities oh, that yeah. I sure, sure, you sure. know, and yeah. like for friends. And those are the love poems I feel most attached to. I also am very good at milking the shit out of a hookup. <laughs> <laughs> and I was gonna and- say, like, yeah, there have been some uh, some love poems to some unnamed men who have come and gone <laughs> and come again. Um, but you know, I'm like, you know, I feel like that that feels like what my love life looks like. It's like these mm-hmm. like brief and intense encounters with folks. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a lot of comments in my sky, mm-hmm. um, and that's great. You know, but um, often, I mean, I'm really inspired by sex. If I'm gonna, if we're gonna have that conversation, Truly, um, that sure. like, you know, sex makes me want to write. So sometimes. You know, I just got some amazing dick and I just want to go to the page and be like, okay, like, let's like make a love poem about this guy who I'm not going to text back tomorrow. Uh, (laughs) It's nice to remember all the ways in which love can happen. And it's like until I finally like get my boo and then write them a whole book, like Mm. I'm just going to keep on writing about the homies and my mama and black people and faggots and, you know, dude number 57. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. 57 is a very conservative Number. I meant on the year. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been on this love poem kick, actually. Yeah. Well, at first it was actually about not being with my partner, like not, mm. you know, being long distance. Yeah. And so, you know, I find like yearning and, mm. and like longing to be maybe like an easier place to write from than like a hooray, we're here. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But I've also been. You're shacking up now. So. I know. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I guess I've continued to write these love poems at the end of the world Hmm. sort of thing. Look Um, at you getting apocalyptic and domestic. Yeah. Yeah. It was always leading here. (laughs) All roads led to domestic apocalypse. (laughs) Oh. The world is ending, but we have preserves. Yeah. (laughs) And love. Oh, I love preserves. Yeah. Okay, anyway. um, (laughs) Should we get the fuck out of here? Let's preserve our... Never... Yeah, I wasn't... Let's Let's, preserve our time. Let's... And preserve our good status amongst our (laughs) listeners and end the show. (laughs) Yes. And the show will now end. Um, Who are you thanking today? I would like to thank um, Phone Chargers that hold on into the last thread, you know. Uh, wow. Currently, I'm in a state where, like, I'm not trying to really go buy new phone chargers and mm. all of them, like, the, like, plastic part has busted open and the wires are exposed. Mm. But damn it, them shits are holding on and still charging. And mm. so, you know, I would like to thank them for their integrity. I know Apple has not made them up to par, mm. but they are working for me right now. Thank you. I don't want to spend $5. Appreciate it. Truly. Mm-hmm. Wow. I want to give a shout out to anyone who has outlets that aren't like really loose. Mm-hmm. You know how sometimes people have like really loose outlets in their homes. What you trying to say? Okay, not it's not even a sex thing. <laughs> okay, cool. It's cool, just cool, about cool, cool. it's just about literally the phone charger won't stay in and then yeah, my phone true. is dead. Yeah. And then where am I? Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. GPS. Thank you. My only thank you for statement. tight outlets. You thank know? you. Shout out to tight outlets. Yeah. <laughs> who else we thanking for? Uh, we are thanking the Poetry Foundation, especially Edomi. Noriega. Thank you to Daniel Kisslinger, our producer. Thank you to Post Loudness and thank you to you for continuing to listen to us. Yes. Please make sure you follow us on social media at VS The Podcast or on Facebook if you're still on that wasteland. And wherever you may listen to podcasts, please make sure that you subscribe, rate, and comment if you like what you're listening. If you don't like what you're listening, then, you know, stop listening to us. You don't have to yeah. anymore. It doesn't, doesn't make you cool, Honestly, although it does make you cool. There's other podcasts. There's other podcasts. There's some good ones. There's some good ones, you yeah. know? We really like food for thought and like commonplace. Go listen 
listen to them too. Yeah. They're tight. Awesome. Um, yeah, seriously, thank y'all for riding with us all through season three. It's been an honor to talk to poets and bring it to y'all once every two weeks. Uh, we have one more episode of season three left. Then we're going to take a little bit of a break and we'll be right back at the top of 2020 with season four for y'all. It's going to be awesome. It you should be. stick around for it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're not going to hold y'all. We love y'all. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> 